Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in the studio today. Now, don't you forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Super Talk Mississippi app. Of course, you can catch us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. But don't waste time stopping by the mailbox today because you're not going to have nothing in it because is a federal holiday. It is Columbus Day. And you're also not going to be able to get that check cashed either. But many of us still fail to do that, right? You put it on your to-do list and you go through and you're like, <sighs> right? Which is why it's funny. There's a bit of irony with the uh, national days today. Why is that? It's National Online Bank Day. <gasps> you. But technically, <laughs> Columbus Day, I think, is the 13th or 14th later in the week. They just always... Do it as the celebrated the second Monday of October. So I can see where those accidentally every once in a while line up together. But I guess technically maybe you could still online bank. You're just not going to go to your local bank and get anything cashed or necessarily done today. So if you are at work with the rest of us, I figured we'd have a little fun today on Columbus Day, also known as Indigenous People Day, and put Rhino's smarts to the test. Always like... Another pop quiz. Another pop quiz. Another reason for him to pull out his handy-dandy paddle. And this one's more of like a history pop quiz, right? The other's kind of trivia, and I guess this is it's all considered trivia. But this is more of like a history lesson. It has all to do with, like, Columbus and all the things. And let's see how smart. The age of exploration. See, if you remember everything you learned, what grade would we have learned all this in? I want to say you just learned more and more every year right around Columbus Day. <laughs> you just get so every yeah, you, year you, you start just get, off with you you learn the the three boats or ships names and then after that you learn the year and after that you learn where you might have landed and then then you learn about the politics behind who sent him and who sponsored him and all that yeah well i would fail this one absolutely <laughs> miserably the only thing that would give me a ray of hope would be the fact that it's true or false so you have a 50-50 chance of just guessing it right or wrong. Some of them I felt like I knew. But if you were to stop me on the you know sidewalk and just blast me with one of these questions, I probably would stare at you like a deer in headlights, which is sad. But I'm, I know I'm not alone. So if you're smarty, smart pants out there, then see how many you can get uh, right as well. Okay, true or false? Most educated Europeans in the 1490s still believed that the world was flat. True or false? I'm going to go with false. You are correct. Most actually thought the world was round by then in the late 
There was hundreds. debate over whether or not it was spherical, but they did have math backing up the fact that it was round. But think about it, though, like wrestling with that. If you didn't know what you didn't know and you couldn't tell and just to believe what a math equation without like, seeing it with your own eyes, well, it would be the, hard. The foundations for the understanding that the Earth is not flat goes all the way back to ancient Egypt and the studying of the the shadows cast by obelisks at different parts in the Egyptian empire. Because I guess until like big boats that Columbus sailed on, well, I guess you could go back in history and think about the Ice Age and all that roaming. But for the most part, people were kind of secluded to their, you know, little bit of world. They didn't know that the great big, the rest of it was out there for, you know, that it all kind of came together. You have And to the think. peoples that picked up on how to navigate open water and how to build seafaring vessels, they had a leg up on the rest of the world because they could get around a lot easier than people that were landlocked. And think of all those that didn't make it back that probably saw a lot of things before they were actually recorded. Okay, it's supposed to be a happy day. So <laughs> the first recorded celebration of Columbus Day uh, commemorated the, 30, the th- uh, 300th anniversary of his landing. True or false? 300th? Uh, false. It says true. According to the Library of Congress, it was hosted by the Society of St. Tam- Tammany. Yes. Correct. It says 300th. It could be 30th. Hmm. Maybe I got well, no, 300. That'd be <laughs> late 1700s. Maybe, maybe I'm. Maybe I added a zero. I didn't. I didn't add two extra ones. I don't. I don't necessarily. I'm pretty sure he was still. Well, maybe he was gone by that point. But he was sailing in the years after his first voyage. Someone mentioned people in 2022 still think it's flat. You know what? You are allowed. I guess that's what you need to believe to keep you <laughs> between the ditches. Then Those are people that have uh, either more money than sense or just no sense at all. Or just no sense at all. When Columbus first landed in the Caribbean, he named the island San Salvador. True or false? I don't think it was San Salvador, but for some reason that's, I'm going to say true. You are correct. The island was part of the modern day Bahamas. Oh, yeah. So, which would, you know, he was like, paradise. <laughs> what, what is this place they've been keeping us from? That's what I would say. If I, that's still what I say when I. Well, you got to remember, he was to looking for a, a different oversea passage to the subcontinent of India and the continent of Asia for trade purposes. And at that time there was very little if any information about the quote unquote new world north america and south america and with the debate over whether or not the world was a sphere or a, a column or something like that but they knew it was round they figured well if it's round i can just go around the back way to get to asia what they were thinking see what you can come up with when you're not distracted by social media and all the <laughs> Things of the modern world. Washington, D.C. is named after Christopher Columbus. True or false? <laughs> well, it is the District of Columbia, but um, for, for some reason that's flagging in my brain is true. That is true. The District of Columbia is meant in reference to the explorer. I mean, he needed something named after him. Regardless, I mean, he, you know. He was popularized as the first person to discover America, but it, it's right there in the name. They didn't name it Columbus. They named it America, and that's because maps produced both before and after his voyage 
were labeled by the person that theorized it and discovered it, Amerigo Vespucci. That's where America comes from. Huh. Yes, he probably was not alone on his little ship, and it was only him. There was probably, probably took a lot of folks. Well, that, and he had maps. He had an understanding of there. there's a way to get there. I just don't know how I'm going to do it. There's a lot we don't know about that time, though, so we're still learning. Oh, for sure. And I think it's okay if you don't ever know the exact, he got here. I mean, that's like the big one, right? Like, he made it, and it was new. And a bunch of other things came after. And it started That's a, how I a teach big history. rush from, <laughs> I mean, he, he flew, he, he didn't fly, he sailed from <laughs> Portugal. And the, the the idea that those countries in the, the Spanish peninsula, like Portugal, Spain, and then you had England and France and all that, it was a gold rush of exploration after that. Once, once he charted the course, they were like, oh, new land? We haven't had new land in thousands of years. Let's go. Go now. Christopher Columbus started sailing when he was around 15 years old. Mm, False. That is true. Life expectancies were shorter back then, so it's no surprise he started so young. Hmm. You know, you think about, would you trust your 15-year-old to set sail? (laughs) Well, we put him in a car, like, what, (laughs) 12 months after 15? So, you know, maybe you can do it. When he died, Columbus was buried in the spot where he first discovered the new world. True or false? Mm, False. Correct. No one knows for sure where he's buried, as his body was reburied in different places around the world. That shouldn't be funny. But you want to say rest in peace, and it's like, well, not today. Let's just move you around. Let's figure out where we're going to put you. I think he should have been cremated and scattered. You know, as an explorer, oh, yeah. when you want to not like to me, the worst thing if someone who's like a free spirit or got ants in their pants or likes to travel, the worst thing to do would be to like stick them in one place forever. Just put him out there into the ocean and let them let, you know, let the, the currents, currents do what they may. Let the currents do what they may. But, you know, nobody asks me. <laughs> What, I should, what they should do with his remains. Christopher Columbus is the explorer's real name. I'm going to go with false. That is false, and I'm not even going to try it. Yeah, it's not his name. <laughs> it, there's a C on both. Columbo, I think is how you might would say the last name. I'm not going to even go for it. I'm going to let Rhino figure that one out. How well did you do? Did you do better, Rhino? You can let us know, 601-879-4395. But we've got more good things for you coming up next. Problems of your own. And it's a crazy world. But I live here. And if you can hear me singing, so do you. And I'm turning out my nightlight, feeling satisfied. But there's nothing in Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. 
watch good things over on your computer or your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, even Amazon Fire TV devices, and YouTube. You can also catch good things live on Seaspire TV. If you got Seaspire TV, you will find us right next to the Weather Channel on Channel 70, which is still holding strong, looking good. Although by now, I know many of us are praying for a little rain would be nice. But you have to admit, the temperatures have still been pretty on. Oh, yeah. You wonder what the weather was like when Christopher Columbus sailed across the sea. I'm sure he had some rainy days, some choppy days, some hot days. You wonder if he would have hit hit in Mississippi if he'd have been like, ooh, mosquitoes and humidity. Let's turn around and go back to wherever wherever it is you came from. You're like, oh, this is not paradise in the summer, depending on, you know, what time of the year he found his way here. If you were listening while ago, you know that we're putting Rhino through a – a Christopher Columbus, I guess, Columbus Day quiz, should I say, true or false. And it's K- been a minute since I did a class on it, so yeah. You, Hey, you're doing better than I am. You know how to back yourself up on, even if you got it right, why you thought it was wrong or whatever it may be. But it came to his real name, which I, I appreciate whoever in the history books shifted it towards something the little kiddos could say, like Christopher Columbus. And you wonder, like, what's that first friend that was like, hey, what's your name? And how did they traditionally respond to it, Rhino? What's like... One way you could say it? Well, it depends on which language you're starting from. If you're starting in Italian, his name would be Cristofo Colombo. If you're starting from a Spanish basis, it would be Cristobal Colón. Mm-hmm. And so someone said, yo, yeah, Christopher. Christopher it is. We're going to go with that. Oh, Christopher Columbus. We're just going to make it easier for, for everybody. Okay, I only got two more for you, though. Columbus died believing he had found a new route to India. True or false? Yeah, he was pretty obstinate about that. Even though all the map makers, all the, the great minds of the time were trying to explain, look, you found a whole new chunk of land that we barely knew was there, if, if at all. And we're, it's fixing to get divvied up by all these major colonial empires. But... uh he was convinced that he had found another passage to the West Indies. He thought that the world was shaped like a pear. And that goes back to the debate over some people at that time were starting to form the idea of the world's a sphere. And many were going, well, it could be this. It could look like a column. It could look like a pear. It could be a cone. It could be any number of things. Just To me, I try to put myself in their shoes and, you know, we we have the luxury of advanced technology, satellite imagery, going to the moon, seeing it, you know, not for yourself, but, you know, for yourself, versus what it would have been like to complete unknown. Kind well, of, I mean, kind of like us, I guess, with space and even the depths of the ocean. Well, I was going to say, in the grand scheme of things, it really wasn't that long ago that we filled in all the blank places on the globe. I mean, you look at the the turn of the 1900s, like around the same time as the Titanic. You still had major exploration expeditions to fill out the maps because if you think about it, around that time is when airplanes started taking off and you started having more air travel. and You the, could see things different, and, I guess. And map making was getting better and better and there was a, a more stringent scientific method applied to the exploration. And it wasn't until really the 1920s that the globe finally got filled in besides the tiny islands that we're still discovering with satellite technology but the the habitable places on the planet there were still large chunks of the pacific ocean and antarctica where we just 
we had a pretty good idea of what it looked like and what was there, but we couldn't 100% nail it down until they flew over it or sailed to it to verify it. I think of, like, times what was considered normal then versus considering normal now, and you don't know what you don't know, but my mind is if I come across something incredible, what's the first thing you want to do? You're going to, like, text your group friends. You're going to call your mom. You're going to tweet it out. You're going to get really excited. So there's this ship of people who found new land and is probably, like, uber excited, right? All the things. I wonder how long did it take for the word to get out that they landed somewhere new? Like, by that time, is it still new and fresh, or you're, like, completely over it? Man, we've been here for, like, three weeks, eating up by mosquitoes. We're super hungry and tired. You know, whatever. Old news. Considering it it came from the European continent, all that exploration really started on on the continent of Europe. And one thing about Europe is it's... It's tiny compared to the amount of people that live on it and the resources needed to keep those people alive. That that balancing act gets tougher and tougher every year. And it wasn't as tough at that point in history, but there was definitely a push for more resources, more land availability, more things like that were necessary to continue the growth of those empires. It's mind-boggling to me. I mean, it's you talk about snail mail or slows. Like, what if Columbus didn't make it back? You know, he found it. And I wonder how many found it and never made it back. So was he really the first? Well, that's the thing. You, you, you look at that era, the, the age of exploration, and all the gains that were made at that point in time. We had a couple people chime in on the text line, like Johnny and Rayleigh and uh, Tim and Cleveland, saying that the Norse and the Vikings discovered America and North America centuries before Christopher Columbus ever set sail. And that's true. But at that point in time, the Viking longboats, they were they were seaworthy. They could make the, the trip, but they could only really transport the the men rowing or the, the few supplies that they could get on the boat. It wasn't these large ships. And even then, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria are small compared to what we think of as large ships, like the big container ships and barges. They were tiny compared to that. Longboats were tiny compared to them. So if you go from Scandinavia, where the Norse started, to Nova Scotia, that's an awful long supply line to keep up in the 1100s. And that's why, yes, the Vikings did discover the New World first, but... Their colonies failed because they couldn't keep it up between Scandinavia and North America at that time. I feel like our, our heritage would look a lot different if they would have been able to stick around. Women would have been a lot beefier a lot sooner than they are than they are now. Okay, speaking of the ships, Columbus, last one. Columbus's favorite ship was the Nina. True or false? Mm, I'm going to say true. Correct. He liked it because it was small and fast. So there you go. You learned something new today that you can spread around for uh, Columbus Day. It's always good to know your history, to brush up on it, know what you don't know, go back and revisit some of that. History class was never my best class, but I think it's cool. It's interesting to sort of think about and have a little bit of an open mind about. You know what else is cool is giving away tickets. We get to do that here on Good Things from Time to Time. And Friday, October the 28th is coming up fast, and you're going to get the chance to hear one of the greatest bands ever, Chicago. You wonder on when Columbus, if they had music or whatever on the boat, like how do you get here without any kind of entertainment? I'm sure there was a shanty. No playlist. No DVD, no whatever it may be. (laughs) 
I'm just thinking, you know. Okay, Chicago will be in Brandon Amphitheater in Brandon coming up on the 28th. Tickets for the show are already on sale, so you can snag more at Ticketmaster.com. You can also go by the Brandon Amphitheater box office. But now is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Chicago be the... 17th. 17th person to text into the C Spire text line, which is 601-879-4395. The key phrase to win a pair of tickets is time. Time. That's our most valuable asset. Time. Time is money. Time is elusive. Time is clicking by. Click, click, click. Okay, so you need to text. Take your time and text uh, 601-879-4395 to win a pair of tickets to see Chicago. Many of you, though, spent a lot of time over the last week with Cruise on the Coast. I was reading over at supertalk.fm that it broke previous registration records. Of course, you guys know it's considered the Super Bowl of car shows. That's Cruise and the Coast. And they had a total of 9,618 vehicles registered for the week-long car show, pushing past the previous year's record of 9,500 registered cars, which I think is pretty cool. Participants from over 44 states, Canada, and England were all in attendance at the event with over 1,800 of the registrants categorized as first-timers, which I think is kind of cool that they heard about it and kept on. And so it's just going to be an event that continues to grow. I had friends from all over that were headed down there to enjoy it. Some took their beloved cars and trucks and things with motors, and then others would go down there and take their bicycles, and they would find a place to park. And then they said the best way to get around was on two wheels and be able to stop and look and take your time and not have to worry about traffic or push it through if you needed to and all the things. And I was like, well, man, that's pretty smart. Do we get a winner? We've got a winner just waiting to confirm their details. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So Columbus came here on a boat. We know he liked Nina. Do you know that there are some boat rides that you can take here in Mississippi, but they're a little spookier? Well, I don't know. Columbus's name been pretty spooky, too. I don't know. We'll find out more coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. You can catch us on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And if you're looking for something different or unique to do during spooky season, we got you covered. You can book a mystic ghost ride out of Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, and you can learn all the historic ghost stories that are there on the water. Joining us to tell us a little bit more is Miss Jenny. Hey, Jenny. Well, hello there. 
I'm excited about this. I feel like spooky season gives us a time to learn about our history and maybe a fun and unique way. So tell us about your mystic ghost boat rides. This sounds fun. All right, I will. It's the we have several uh, theme tours, but right now we are running the Halloween 2.0 Beware of the Creeper. And it is the Haunted Bayou Cruise. All of our tours are in the midst of the marsh to destinations unknown. It's a one-hour ride with historical ghost stories and legends of the past. So this is actually out there on the water. I guess it's after, is it after nightfall, or, or do some of them take part during the day? It's all in the evening. We start out with a sunset cruise, uh, say, around 5 o'clock, and our last tour is at 10 p.m., Thursday through Sunday. So how many people can fit on a boat? Up to six. It's a small passenger group. And so you said it takes about an hour. So does it get super spooky, or is it more, like, interesting and educational? It all depends on who you are. It is a historical ghost story, and all of the stories are derived from the past and the people that had once lived on the bayou. So many of these stories have come out of the Hancock County Historical Society. We... We have seen paranormal activity on our boat ride. We do have four or five groups uh, every night that go out on the ride that do have some sort of experience. But I am a storyteller, and so I tell the story, and the ghosts just seem to follow me. So I know you don't want to give away all the stories. We want to encourage people to go and take part in the Mystic Ghost Boat Rides. But give us at least a little taste of maybe what's the history out there on the water. Well, we we talk about the uh, LaFontaine, which he fought in the War of 1812, and uh, he obtained all the land that we roll through the bayou on. Uh, and uh, through the War of 1812, he received land for compensation. So, and that's where our story begins, and then it just unfolds from there. But for the Halloween tour, we do add in the creeper, and the creeper is out on the bayou, so beware. <laughs> you really make it. You, you. Uh, it sounds like it would be a lot of fun and really get people into the Halloween spirit. But if not just for then, I noticed then you have you have multiple tours throughout the year. So even if we can't make it through the spooky season, what other type of adventures do you offer on the water? Well. The family and I, so we, what we do out on the bayou and what makes us a little bit different is that we are sort of like a theater out on the bayou. I play the role of Mystic Molly. We have graves, repeat, scully, skulls, and more. And so when you come on the boat ride, you not only meet Mystic Molly, but you meet the family. And so we put on a show, and some of it's very spooky, and some sometimes it's a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. Um, so we do have Creepy Christmas, which is, uh, that'll be coming up soon. It's one of my all-time favorites. It's Santa with a rigaroo out on the bayou. And it does have a Krampus-style flair. We also have the Jean Lafitte 
Pirate Jean Lafitte and the Curse of the Lost Gold tour in February, and we put a spin on that, which is the Love Boat tour, and that that does run throughout the season all summer long, and we also have Cryptic Bunny Tales. How did your family find itself into the business of boat rides with, you know, the storytelling and also the entertainment and all the things that come with it? It was all the years I taught school. I was, I'm a retired teacher, and um, throughout my, my career in teaching, I wrote stories on the side, and they just collected dust in a notebook, and then COVID happened, 2020 in every way, and I just decided, you know, life is short, let's change things up. I bought a boat. Uh, after I bought a boat, I created some stories and uh, added into the stories I already wrote. And here we are on the Haunted Bayou cruise. I'm into my, t- I'm two years old, and uh, it's just a great time. Great reviews uh, from my customers. I have people that come from all over the world to see the Haunted Bayou cruise. Well, I think that's cool, and I think it's a unique small business, and we're always looking for ways to visit Mississippi in unique ways here on Good Things. And I feel like a lot of us plan our trips to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, or maybe we're listening from around there, and we didn't recognize that there's this cool little, you know, extra excursion that we could tack onto our trip or maybe do for, you know, for the first time. I feel like this would be um, a lot of fun no matter no matter the the year, I think you know seeing it in a different from a different perspective, something maybe you've seen all your life, is kind of cool. Thank you. It, it's very ghostly, mostly for sure. I've got a lot of people that do come in from New Orleans after they fly in from Colorado, and I, I let them know I'm about 52 minutes away, but they still come. the The Haunted Bayou Cruise is right behind the Silver Slipper Casino, and I'm in a private creepy camp. So the camp itself, just kind of as you're driving in, it just brings that persona of what am I getting myself into. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, and once you're on the boat, you often, can't get away. So that adds to the level of creepiness. You can't get away, no. And uh, so, and everybody, you know, and a little, uh, just a little spoiler: the creeper is looking for eyes this year. So if you have a good set of eyes, do come and join us. If they're looking over at Super Talk TV, Jenny, I used the photo of, and I guess he may be the creeper. He's a skeleton that's on the boat. Does he have a story? Does he have a name? Is that the creeper? Um, that is not the creeper. The creeper is out there on the bayou. Oh, gotcha. So we have Captain we have Captain Repeat on the boat, and we have Graves. And so you might be uh, referring to Graves. Uh-huh. And uh, so Graves is part of the family, and he he is a lot of the times he's the gatekeeper, and he has his his own spin on some of the stories when he does join us. He. He only makes select appearances, but when he does arrive, you'll never forget him. When we think about uh, you've got six maybe in your group, What in terms of age ranges, what's a safe age uh, in terms of creepiness or, or good age range to start at going on your tours? Each tour is different for the Jean Lafitte, Curse of the Lost Gold, the Haunted Bayou Cruise. I would say seven and up. Now, 
this past weekend, I had a lot of five-year-olds. I do ask for people, parents, to bring their children that are potty trained. There is a lot of history out there, but I put it in a way that's theatrical and spooky and scary, and you're going into a bayou that has no houses. You're just going into the marsh in the darkness, and you're gliding through the water. So it's a really good time. I have families that enjoy it. I have groups of, like, you know, 30 and up that just decide to, you know, go take a spin out on the bayou. They enjoy it. So it's something for everyone. Now, I, you know, I'm not terror on the coast. So I'm somewhere, like, on the lower end of that. So you're not going to get, you know, horrified with, like, a man and an axe jumping out at you, spooking you in the middle of the marsh. Anything that comes out out of the bayou that's just all natural, it's paranormal activity, and I'm just, we're gliding down the bayou telling some really spooky stories, and, you know, some people get really scared, and in, in the middle, we have lots of laughs, so at, or anyone's welcome, but I like to put the limit of seven and up on, on my tours. And you have, you've brought everyone back from the bayou. Nobody got lost in the marsh. Nobody's been lost in the marsh yet, but the creeper, he is looking for those set of eyes this year. Perfect, Jenny. All right, where do we go to learn more information? (laughs) To learn more information, I invite you to the Mystic Ghost Ride website at www.mysticghostrides.com. And we also have the pub walk of Bay St. Louis. It's a ghost cemetery walk as well. So if you go on the website, www.mysticghostrides.com, you can find all the information you'll ever want to find on all of the tours that we do offer this spooky Halloween season. Well, kudos to you for making that pivot in your career and creating something fun for families to come out and enjoy and learn something new about the place they call home, which is Mississippi or the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So happy Halloween, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and best wishes to you. All righty. I'll stick with us. No creepers coming up next. And stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Supertalk Mississippi app and, of course, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. We have a lot of fun every day over on the Good Things Facebook group. And if you need a laugh, if you just need to get tickled, then you need to head over there and look at... 
the hidden cameras or the photos from the hidden cameras that someone put in a haunted house. And if you can imagine what you think you look like when you're getting the bejesus scared out of you, then you can at least have an idea of what other folks look like as they go through a haunted house. I feel like every haunted house, psychopath, the dark zone, whatever it is here in Mississippi, should have these cameras set up to catch, you know, like when you go to Disney or a theme park and you you take those rides and they snap your photo as you go through like the most thrilling part. There's no reason you can't put that technology in, you know, other <laughs> other kinds of experiences because the looks on their face, like you couldn't stage it. I think that's the part that's so fun is you, and it's in an instant, right? Like something jumps out at you or you hear the, the music or whatever, like it comes to that moment. And so you're spooked for like a split second. And so you don't keep that look on your face for the whole time, or maybe you do. And, and if you want an extra giggle, or maybe you've already gone and looked at it, go back through and read the comments because sometimes the internet wins just in simply the comment section and they, they got, they can get you so tickled if you just need a little bit of relief from the day. Really wouldn't even be that difficult to set up. I mean, no trail cams exist. I guess that's basically what yeah, it is. Yeah, you're just catching the deer on its way to the to eat or to go sleep or whatever else it's going to go do. You could do the same thing with people at a haunted house. And then charge them, what, 10 bucks to take their Polaroid home with them? I don't know if I'd take it home with me, but it would be fun to see, I think, to see. Like, to see the how you responded on the camera. Again, it is. It's worth your energy to go and find them. They're absolutely um, hysterical. You'll also note that I just... Um, posted in there a story about a cool finding on the Mississippi River. Now, this didn't actually happen in Mississippi. It happened in our neighboring state, Louisiana, but still the Mississippi. Uh, she's partly ours, and it was so close there. But how cool is it? You know, it's all it's at historic lows right now. So anytime anything lowers, there's an opportunity for things to be discovered. And so I guess it was a treasure hunter, Patrick Ford, I think is how he would like to describe himself as a treasure hunter, or out there sort of looking around. And he came across what he thought was something neat and interesting until he realized, wow, this really is something neat and interesting. And he came across a shipwreck, which the Louisiana State Archaeologist said that he stumbled upon a wreck of the early Baton Rouge ferry boat, the SS Brookhill. If this is the boat they think it is, she sank on September the 29th, 1915. And so she's been down there um, ever since. And so it was a bootjack ferry, whatever that means. Two wooden pontoons supported a deck, boiler, and paddle wheel that carried wagons, livestock, and people back and forth between Port Allen and Baton Rouge's business ticket district back in the day so talking about at all things boats today right like from christopher columbus to your mystery rides to now you're finding ferries there's really no telling what's at the bottom of our bayous and riverways and all the interesting things because i remember watching something like before trains ferries were pretty much the mode of major transportation from big places to other places it was the fastest route right oh yeah so because i mean look at uh i'm gonna get it wrong it's either the adventures of tom sawyer or huckleberry finn but it's in one of those where the boys are on a a raft going down the mississippi river and that's how you would you would basically build a cheap boat put your goods in the boat 
go down the river, and then when you got to the bottom, you'd break up the boat, sell the lumber, sell your goods, and then hike on back up. Or if you'd made enough money, you'd get on a paddle boat, which could then power its way back up the river and start the whole process all over again. Hmm. Trains sound like a much better mode. There's a reason there was a big push for trains. <laughs> mode of transportation. Absolutely. But because, well, I mean, I guess waterways limited you where you could go. You could kind of put a train track, not anywhere, but it's shorter Almost. the distance between two points. Yeah, you weren't versus, relying on Mother Nature to carve a river for you to go that way. Old Mother Nature. Well, it's an interesting story, I think. I think it's cool that he was down there and looking around and found something unique. You hate that he may not get to take a piece of it home. It's now going to be property of something neat. Can I at least have like a little piece of the ship? I think they did have some blueprints of it, too. I think reading through the story that he may end up with a little something, something other for for his findings. But you can yeah, go Yeah, the read reason it. they're so sure of what it is is because they did a lot of research back in the early 90s, the last time the river was this low. And I believe they spotted part of the shipwreck at that point and were able to determine, okay, that's where it sank. So now that they know, okay, it's there, it's in this location, it's got to be this one. Gotcha. Still pretty cool. You never know what's under there. All right, you know what's coming up next, though. you got Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.